0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLe
0: The European Le Mans series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network.
2: Just a very short drive from the Atlantic coastline in the south of Portugal is this fantastic race circuit, the Algarve International Circuit, uh, dubbed as the Portimao event effectively, although we are, as as I say, about 15 or 20 minutes away from that fabulous holiday destination. Summer conditions we have here as well, um, albeit November tomorrow. Uh, 27 degrees Celsius, I noticed on the caption there. I hadn't expected to be quite that warm, uh, but it's certainly in the early 20s anyway, and uh, we haven't got, as we typically have, the strong wind up here in the mountains either. So near perfect race conditions for the final event of the season, the European Le Mans Series. This is round five rather than six as it was originally billed pre-COVID, uh, but we have championships to be decided, and we also have Le Mans invitations also to be sealed to, of course, LMP2 done and dusted in respect yeah. of oh. Phil Hansen and Philippe Powerberg after their sublime performance, not only in this championship, but also in the World Endurance Series and the 24 hours of Le Mans, uh, what, last month when they took victory in that, and uh, that was a real nail-biter for the team, but United Auto Sports unstoppable, However, it's slightly more difficult to predict things in LMP3 and also in this class for the GTE cars. We've had eight regular entries. He's got two extra ones as well from the World Endurance Championship prior to the final round for that. Series in Bahrain later in November so thank you for joining me Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones uh, this is set to be even busier than the sessions we've just this for the Michelin Le Mans Cup these cars only get 10 minutes and there'll be 10 cars
0: out on track Bruce on track or near track I think will be the uh, what we've observed so far. far today track limits are being very very stringently observed and quite rightly so uh, effectively at four corners around the circuit and the one that most people are getting pinged at well two of them turn one again the intention is to go in just a little bit it's so easy to go in a little bit too fast turn eight is the one that's really starting to pick them up and that that uh, for your reference is the uphill right-hander that's halfway around the middle sector of the circuit but yeah great to have 10 cars coming out to play and we'll see how Gulf racing and af Corsa with their uh, porsche and ferrari respectively get on but of course there is a championship battle still two crews could take the gte title bronicheski and perel with the kessel racing ferrari beretta nice competition there the proton competition porsche so two mates two teams out uh, looking for today a bonus point for pole position and every point is going to count because there's only seven points between them and uh, 26 points including that pole position point up for grabs so uh, it could really be a massive factor but the track condition is perfect here 27 degrees when i saw midweek it was 22 degrees i thought oh i wonder mm. if the, it'll still be that good when we get get here but uh, 27 degrees <laughs> beyond everyone's wildest dreams i think it certainly is particularly this late on in the
2: Yeah, yes, and obviously the track is heating up steadily through the day as well. We've just gone midday here in Portugal, bearing in mind that this country is an hour behind most of the rest of Europe and in line with the UK in that respect. Um, Also, the track resurfaced prior to the Formula One Grand Prix that was here last weekend. So, grip levels, you know, very, very high, possibly higher than we've ever had in the years that this championship has visited the Portimao circuit. Prior to here, in the ELMS, we regularly went to Estoril, just down the road from Lisbon, of course. Uh, But irrespective of whether we've been there or down in the south uh, we've always been provided with a, a fabulous race and uh, actually for the for the wrong reasons we have a, had a very interesting race 12 months ago with an early red flag after a na- nasty accident for jack manchester and uh, that sadly took about a good hour away uh, of the race so hoping that tomorrow at 11 o'clock everybody can get safely round that opening lap but it's tricky bearing in mind we should have 36 cars on the grid and bolstered by these two extra entries from the World Endurance Championship. A renumbered 88 AF Nine, Corsa car for eight, Francois Perodo, Manuel six, Collard, and Alessio five, Rivera. Four, as uh, three, our race two, director, counts us into one. this 10-minute session. Fit exit
1: is open for 10 minutes. Please respect track limits.
2: And in his driver's briefing, uh, Eduardo detailing the corners that they will be particularly uh, viewing track limits and I use that word advisedly because it's down to the observers who are on post rather than any sensors rather than cameras that are locked off to decide whether cars have gone off the track or not, it's purely done by the human eye and uh, out of turn one where the 74 Ferrari is just negotiating now is certainly one place that will be uh, need to be adhered to as far as the track limits are concerned out of four as well, the exit to that longish straight towards turn five the exit to turn eight, and then the run through 15, the final corner on the track. Just to finish the point about the two extras then in GTE, we've got 88 for Perodo, Collard and Rivera in preparation for their final World Endurance Championship race at Bahrain in the middle part of November. And the other addition is Golf Racing's Porsche for Mike Wright, Ben Barker and Andrew Watson. And each of those cars have to carry an extra 15 kilos of ballast, by the way, because they are additional cars. They're not the only ones carrying ballast. Remember, um, it's done through a process of applying the measurements of either 15, 10 or 5, three times. That depends whether you're in the top three in the championship coming to this race or whether you finished in the top three in the result for the previous two races. So that will be Monza and Ricard, going all the way back to prior to Le Mans. And as a result of that, the 77 Proton Competition Porsche will have 30 kilos of success ballast the 74 Ferrari the same, 30 kilos for Broniszewski, Perel and Nikki Kadai and then two regular championship runners with 15 kilos each the 55 Spirit of race car and the 83 Iron Lynx machine of Manuel Agosta, Michel Gatting and Rahel Fry. so when you add the AF Corsa and the golf racing uh, cars to that as well we've got six machines of the ten in GTE all carrying
0: extra weight well we'll see if the stopwatch uh, reveals that but of course qualifying very very different indeed Johnny and uh, just the 10 minutes and it's it's a longest circuit and uh, they have to get the heat into their tyres not too much of a problem though today with 27 degrees air temperature and the same temperature down on the black stuff beneath the black stuff to which the majority of drivers are trying their hardest to adhere because we've seen in all the qualifying sessions today early this morning for the Michelin Le Mans Cup so many drivers losing their very best times and that was in a 15 minute qualifying session the chance of making it up, having dropped one of your laps or even two of your laps in a 10-minute session, you know, it could be the real difference between being at the top or being right at the tail of this 10-car GTE pack.
2: Yeah, and you can be conscious of track limits early on in the lap and then be slightly offline for a, a, the next corner and it's about linking it all together on this 4.6-kilometre circuit. So cars have been released from the open pit lane. That happens three or so minutes ago as all over the kerb there's the black proton competition car of Alessio Picariello, Belgian superstar who's made his name in Asia driving GT cars but now uh, his first real run in a, a European championship in the ELMS and uh, GTE uh, something else to kind of get his mind around as well having raced a lot in GT3 cars the other Porsche behind is actually the golf racing car and that's number 86, so Ben Bark has been put into that car, perhaps no surprise but that it will be the Brit doing the qualifying there.
0: Well, it's Alessio Rivera, top of the charts, new to the championship and uh, really impressing, done a lot of racing in Italian GT the last couple of years, started in single seasons, making a splash here, only one tenth of a second ahead of Andrea Piccini. there's a very good yardstick to be putting behind you, but a lot of these first flying laps are fairly tentative, do expect the times to come down our timing screens are largely covered with blue, that means everybody is improving a few pink sectors, Alessio Picariello's fastest through the final sector Andrea Puccini fastest through the first sector, but really it's the second flying lap, Johnny, where we really start to see the lie of the land, they've got the cautious one in, already car 86 has had its times deleted, that's Ben Barker for exceeding track limits, that's turn four That's the uh, left-hand flick up over a brow, and it carries on climbing. And then you go past that famous rotunda that overlooks Turn 5. But a lot of drivers run out wide at Turn 4, and they have their times taken away. They've been warned, it's tempting. But uh, anyhow, Ben Barker the only one to fall so far, and that's put him down 10th and last on the timesheets
2: there's absolutely no pattern as far as the pole positions are concerned in gte because of the four sessions this year we've had four different pole sitters that's the really nice thing about this class it could easily be a fifth different pole sitter at the end of this 10 minute session as the 60 car they were victorious as far as a point is concerned at monza at their home race last time out to top the gte times and driving the 60 car Andrea Puccini looking to replicate that he is quickest with a 138.986 just putting that time in now to leap ahead of Alessio Rivera who 's gone to the pits Matt Griffin likewise and Alessio Picariello there's no limit as to how many Goodyear Eagle tires you use in these, this session and indeed the race as many new tires at these cars as you wish and that 's exactly what pro-top competition are doing.
0: Yeah, just remember, just reiterate, it's a 10-minute session. We only have just over four minutes remaining, so you're losing time coming into the pitch. You have to be sure you do not waste these... Uh this Goodyear rubber, the sticky stuff, ready to try and take pole position. So, that target time, just under 1 minute 39 seconds. Andrea Piccini, 4 tenths of a second clear. of Valencia Rivera, and Matt Griffin, he is third fastest for Spirit of Race. So, it's Ferrari, Ferrari, Ferrari at the top of the charts. The best of the rest, golf racing Ben Barker, having lost that first flying lap. His second flying lap was good for fourth overall
2: still just the two manufacturers involved in gte it would be nice uh, maybe next year to have the Aston Ma- martin perhaps uh, as part of the entry we did have a guest one at spa i remember earlier on in the year with uh, paul dalalana and the rest of his crew looking for a bit of extra mileage ahead of the wec round uh, the following weekend and there are other GTE cars as well that could potentially join in next year but the general uh, uh, numbers of entries has been very healthy throughout the course of 2020 which means that there are actually two invitations up the grabs tomorrow to Le Mans next year if you you finish in the top two in the championship you are in for the 24 hours of Le Mans season 2021 heading out of the final corner the black and orange golf racing Porsche there that's across the line Ben Barker already with a lap time and that's not an improvement. 139.720 is that car's best time so far. As returning to the track now, Alessio Rivera, currently second. Matt Griffin, who is third in the Times. Picariello, fifth. Ricard Leitz picks for new boots as well, but that car is back out on track, and Michelle Gatting in the Iron Leaks Ferrari. We're
0: going to get to the end of this ten minute session, the chequered flag will be waived, and the quickest time could still come well, effectively, Johnny, a minute and a half after that, and I, I really do feel we're going to have a flurry of times they've just got to get across the start-finish uh, start-finish line to start that flying lap and uh, 74 a championship leader in the pits at the moment David Perel but as you put out he's only in seventh place out of ten not much time on the clock he'll leave the pit lane with two minutes precisely he'll get around that out lap and be able to start that flying lap just in the nick of the time nick of time and then of course the job is to keep within the track limits I, I have a feeling that not all of these flying laps are going to be able to count someone surely is going to push just that little bit too hard and get caught
2: out matt griffin was looking for a way through there and managed to find it because andrea puccini pulled to the side of the road and allowed the irishman by in the 55 spirit of race car that machine currently third puccini who really felt that like that the team had made some ground at monza last time out they got pole position and he said the time's been there all season really they just needed to put the right combination in as far as the setup's concerned to unlock that 66 jmw motorsport car having an on and off season really but uh, could they potentially nab a first pole of the year finley hutchinson doing the times and a bit of a lockup i noticed heading uh, out of what would have been turn seven or eight anyway that car now
0: back to cross the line number 66 it's already had its, some of its times taken away. That's why Finney Hutchinson is 10th and last at the moment. His best time, 1.8 seconds down. But he's got to nail it. There's a minute remaining in the session. It's still Ange Puccini, 4 tenths of a second to the good over Alessio Rivera. Rivera's had that uh, change onto fresh rubber and he's put in his fastest first sector, but the fastest first sector. Sixth on the time sheets at the moment for Proton competition. Richard Leeds, too, cu- too good to keep down. His second sector fastest for everyone as well. The uh, 77 Porsche almost floating its way through turn 15
2: there, and it will whip across the line. There's only 30 seconds left on the clock, and the 77 car will go forth with that time for Alessio Picariello, 139.7. But crucially for Alessio, he has squeezed one more lap time out of this session. And those about to cross the line, like the 51 Ferrari for Stefan Gürig, the 74 as well. They'll all get one more lap as Andrea Puccini. Uh, no, Richard Leitz now joins Pacini on the front row in GTE. So it's not a quicker time than Pacini's, but he got very close indeed
0: within the well, just outside a 10th of it for the Austrian for Proton
2: competition.
0: And more to the point, Richard Leeds got another lap in. He's the chequered flag has been waved. And so at the moment, the session not over, but nobody can go beyond this lap. But it's Andrea Puccini, point. And it it's now Rivera fights yes. back into second place. 11,000s down. So he's making young, 25-year-old Italian, making a major splash on his championship debut. But Leeds has got another lap to do. What can he do? Still times being deleted. Car 55, that's unfortunately... Uh, The spirit of race, Matt Griffin driven Ferrari fourth at the moment but had its best time taken away.
2: Yes, the star of Italian GT racing, Alessio Rivera, making his presence felt 11 thousandths of a second adrift of Puccini's effort, but Puccini looking like he might improve again. He's done an absolute best through the sector one of this lap and a PB
0: through sector two. So is he about to extend that gap? Yeah, Matt Griffin fighting back as well. He's fourth fastest. He's got to find six tenths of a second. And in fact, he's coming into the pits, so he's not bothering. He had to find half a second to get up to third place, which at the moment is Richard Leeds. Rivera second, Puccini first cars now taking that checkered flag on the track where's the change coming it's andrea Pacini. he goes another t- a tenth of a second faster yeah brilliant time from andrea
2: Pacini as he saw the checkered flag streaming across the line there in the yellow and black iron Mix car and surely that should c- cement pole position Ricard Leeds not uh, lighting up the timing screen on this particular lap I think the best of the Goodyear rubber has already gone for that Proton competition car and Picariello will leap from ahead of Ricard Leeds now that's because Leeds has had a time deleted he drops all of a sudden down to 8th
0: position and cannot change matters because uh, he's in the pit lane but the time that came from nowhere was Iron Lynx's second Ferrari Michel Gassing suddenly right at the death yes. vaults up the order into 3rd so Picariello should have got up to third but the place was already occupied occupied by Michel Gatting. We'll keep an eye on the bottom of the timing screen because sometimes these time lap times do take a short while to be deleted for exceeding but it seems there's no answer to Andrea Piccini and Iron Links. Smiles all round down in their camp.
2: And he becomes the first man to to, to, to two pole positions in one season therefore at Monza last month and now here in Portimao with Andrea Piccini. .228 of a second clear of Alessio Rivera, but a great time from Michelle Gatting, as you quite rightly say, to slot into third position in the sister car for Iron Links, and they're also looking for an auto invitation to the 24 Hours of Le Mans as well. Uh, so is it possible that the 83 car can get into Le Mans, as they did for this year's running of the race uh, via that? We'll have to wait and see, but a really good result for a new team in the ELMS for 2020, Iron Links. It'll be a 1-3 on the grid. with In between the two, the guest entered, effectively, AF Corsa car, Alessio Rivera, and we'll have to remember through the course of tomorrow's four-hour race that the 88 car will not be eligible for championship points because they're an invitation entry. Similarly with the 86 Golf Racing Porsche, and therefore cannot affect things. Well, I suppose they can in a way because you can still make contact with a car that's not eligible for points. We hope they don't influence the race in that respect. Uh, But yes, if we've got regular championship runners actually running behind either of those two extra entries, um, they're invisible as far as point scores are concerned.
0: Yeah, so the two championship runners and the better place of those is the car that's chasing the championship, the Baressa Picariello reed Proton Competition Porsche thought it was heading to third place. That late lunge from Michel Gatting means it's fourth, but it puts it three places ahead on the grid of the Kessel Racing Ferrari that's down in seventh. David Perel did just not quite enough to move it up, but it's super close between third and seventh place to by just 0.16 of a second. But out front... I right, linked clear by 0.228 of a second. Job very, very well done by Andrea Piccini.
2: Confirmation of the positions and the times then from the first of three 10-minute sessions. It is Iron Lynx who take a second poll of the year with a one thirty-eight point seven six nine. Congratulations to Andrea Pacini. He was right about what he said in Italy last time. They have found something within that car. 0.228 of a second slower, Alessio Rivera, as uh, the guest entered uh, 88 car, and then the other Iron Links machine for Michelle Gatting. Regular championship runners, Manuela Gossner and Rahel Fry, her teammates, they will finished third in the session. The pink and black Hublot-sponsored uh, car then for Iron Lynx. Michelle Gatting installed for qualifying for, on this particular occasion. It hasn't always been that way. I think Rahel Fry's had a couple of sessions earlier on in the year as well. Alessio Rivera sharing with Francois Parado and Emmanuel Collard there in their 88, the renumbered uh, 88 car. I'm used to seeing that as 83 in the World Endurance Championship, but we already have an 83 in the ELMS, of course. And the 60 car, taking pole position after a great drive from Andrea Puccini. That's the car he shares with Claudio Schiavone and Sergio Pianazzola. So, some much-needed reaction from the first session of three, then. Let's head to Haley Edmonds, who's in the pits.
1: I'm joined here by Sergio Pianazzola, who is a driver... Iron Link, so you've got your second pole here uh, in the ELMS this year coming into Portimao. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, fantastic performance for Andrea, and uh, we are really happy. He did twice the pole position, basically, because he did the, the, the fastest lap time in the first attempt and even in the second run. So we are uh, extremely happy. I think it's a fantastic way to celebrate the last weekend of the, of the season. We really hope to have a good performances uh, tomorrow in the race as well. We feel quite strong as a, as a crew. And uh, we want to dedicate this to Deborah and Claudio that are watching us from uh, their own home. So we miss you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tadio.
2: Yeah, and uh, one or two people not able to travel, uh, whether they be related to teams or actually drivers as well. We should remember that because of the very much fluid uh, situation that we have all around the world. Uh, people being constantly tested and judged as to whether it's safe for them to travel or not. Um, so I misspoke there. No Claudio Schiavone in the team lineup uh, for this round. It's Pianazzola, the man we've just heard from, Andrea Pacini, who set the time, and Rino Mastronardi, who is this year's Michelin Le Mans Cup champion and uh, another poll to him earlier on today as well so let's see how he gets on in the number eight car for the later session but we're very much in european le mans series mode currently and the second session of the day in qualifying will be for 12 lmp3 cars a mixture of ligier and duquesne although it's the ligier have the lion's share of the entry two-thirds of it in fact and it would be a brave person to bet against Wayne Boyd getting another poll of the year. He has, of the four possible opportunities, bagged three of them. And it was only David Drew for Real Team Racing who, very late on in the session at Paul Ricard, managed to get a, a first pole for that team, the Swiss outfit. There's been a driver change uh, there as well. We'll move on to that in just a second. I'll be interested to see who's going to be taking up qualifying duties for real team racing. But sadly, for uh, health reasons, uh, real team racing have had to do a driver change with no Esteban Garcia, who was so happy to take his first victory ever, you know, not just in the ELMS, but of his career full stop earlier on in season. The number three car will go very strongly. They had great pace at Monza, but they didn't necessarily have the luck. And Jim Maguire involved in a crash at Ascari with one of the GT Ferraris, joined again by uh, Andrew Bentley and Duncan Tappy in the number three car. And they're just bolting on new is pretty late on. Also, I think a complete driver lineup for. Uh, BHK Motorsport for this particular round, so Tom Cloet, who's certainly not new to LMP3 racing, joined by Julius Adomovicius and Alex Fontana, but uh, Adomovicius, the 19-year-old Lithuanian, replacing actually another Lithuanian who's uh, still t- tender years, uh, Gustas Grimbergus, I think, was driving for that crew, BHK, I think it was anyway, uh, but uh, Greenberg is not on the entry list this weekend, Adoma Vissia certainly is, and Tom Claret and Alex Fontana, his teammates, real team racing with that change, so this is the number 8 car, which went strongly in free practice 1, one yesterday, one minute, Julian we'll Jerby, the, the Frenchman, qualifying. replacing one minute, Esteban Garcia one or two radio messages that you will hear uh, in the next few minutes then leading into this qualifying session which is due to start in about 45 seconds time and already at the front of the queue is the DKR car number four of I'm going to say Laurence but it may well be Francois Kerman doing the qualifying we'll confirm the
1: drivers in just a second 30 seconds to open pit line 30 seconds to open pit line
0: my screen is showing Lawrence Sewer, but again, sometimes you get the wrong name on the timing sheets. But uh, certainly keen to get out there in this uh, P3 battle. Four crews can still take the title. The outside hope Ten, is Nico Kari for Euro eight, International, but leading seven, the way. Boyd, Welton, Gamble, their car top of the pile.
1: Four, three, two, one. Pit line is open. LMP3 qualifying has started. Please respect track limits
2: and confirmation it will be Laurence Hur at the wheel of the number 4 DKR engineering car Eric Truyer in for Graf in the number 5 car and we've got Nico Kari for Euro International, number 11 the all black machine, Dino Leonardi for Inter Europol competition, number thirteen. Alex Fontana for BHK Motorsport and so far that's your lot just 5 of the 12 but 1 or 2 will be holding back so that they're not circulating in a rather large gaggle key thing you want around here is track space and without the distraction of a car in in front of you as much as a little bit of time it gains you I think down the main straight, actually it's probably going to be more of a hassle to run with somebody else on the undulating bulk of the lap so Real Team Racing joined the session with David Drew at the wheel, he's the one person to break otherwise a Wayne Boyd stranglehold on pole position this year David Drew taking pole the second time we went to Le Castellet for the Paul Ricard 120 and David Drew definitely a real talent for real team racing Wayne Boyd unsurprisingly being installed in the number two car and who else have I not mentioned Colin Noble's in for Nielsen racing in the seven Vincent Capillaire for Graf car number nine Garrett Grist in the other Nielsen car number ten Malte Jakobsen for RLR M Sport, number
0: 15. I believe Jakobsen's 17th birthday, birthday was uh, yesterday. He's already oh. clinched the drive for next season, so he's you know, sipping through the years pretty quickly. One minute you're 16 and one minute... Yeah, almost pushing out daisies at 17.
2: <laughs> yep, time tipped on by very quickly indeed so Rob Weld and Tom Gamble, Wayne Boyd currently lead the championship by 10 points they have 68 compared to Martin Hipper's 58 there's been a fair few personnel change as far as the drivers are concerned for inter europol competition so it is just Hipper who is effectively the next best but irrespective of who drives the cars the team's championship well and truly up for grabs so United Order Sport, inter europol competition, real team within an opportunity and you're international with an outside chance as well but it's just the one LMP3 invitation which of course isn't an LMP3, it doesn't allow you to run an LMP3 car at the 24 hours of Le Mans next year but you will move into LMP2 and that really is a a, a great opportunity Um, in LMP3 and the Michelin Le Mans Cup there aren't auto invites carried there and it is just one from this class so it's tricky to pick a winner it really is with uh, the 10 points the slight advantage for United Autosports that could extend to 11 Depending on what sort of form Alston and Wayne Boyd is on today
0: Yeah, and just to reiterate the scoring system one point for pole But the race top 10 in the race 25 points for the winner 18 for second 15 So the points really start dropping away a lot A victory really really is worth its weight And of course that uh, like hen's teeth the uh, Entry to Le Mans next year is something all the teams, not just here, Asian Le Mans series and other places around the world, you know, these championships organised uh, with an express intent of bringing teams from a more global spread. That's the 24 hours of Le Mans, but right now it's all eyes on to see who's going to go top of the timesheets, the first uh, flying lap that uh, moves the top, Lawrence Horfer, you've heard the team before, DKR Engineering. And uh, seeing what he can do, but uh, certainly a very good early lap. But just a tenth of a second clear of uh, Fontana, BHK Motorsport, but I uh, want to see what Boyd can do. Look out for Boyd, he, as Johnny has pointed out, has been amazingly quick and consistent. United Autosports and he's going to be trying to go for another pole position but right now he's uh, down the order but it's all about putting the second flying lap on the board and not exceeding the track limits and already one of the runners has uh, gone wide and incurred the ball. and that's Lawrence Hall he's no longer at the top of the charts that uh, cost him first place has become ninth for him has now become 10th as Malta Jakobsen just 17 yesterday goes to the top of the charts
2: for Jakobsen, that's just 85 thousandths of a second quicker than Vincent Capillaire for Graf in the number nine card. David Drew third, Alex Fontana fourth, but Duncan Tappy across the line pops into the second row. And the inside of the second row, third position then for the Brit at one thirty-seven point one.
0: But they're all about to be shuffled because Lawrence saw down now in eleventh place. Having had that time deleted, the number four DKR Engineering entry flying faster than anybody in the first sector and the second. He's about to complete the third sector. Target time one minute thirty-seven. He does a one minute thirty-six point three, just for good measure, six tenths of a second to the top.
2: Very impressive indeed and yeah, those behind him will respond that was really just a banker lap that a lot of them were putting in um, with just under five minutes to go doesn't sound a lot but uh, a lap time around here is just over a minute and a half 96, 97 seconds they're all there or thereabouts and the lucky ones will actually squeeze an extra lap out of it depending on when they cross the line of course but uh, a number of the GT runners were able to do that late in their session the very high point on the circuit. The number two car goes. That's Wayne Boyd having already put in a 140.288. But he was probably just heating the tyres and the brakes throughout that. And this will be much more on it
0: yeah he's improved on the first sector he's improved on the second sector but as Johnny said that first flying lap for the vast majority of the 12 cars out in this P3 class it was a banker lap it was stay between the white lines do not have that tap lap taken away but it was more about getting heat in your tyres and coming out on the second lap and at the moment it's Lawrence Hoare top of the charts what but it 36.389 a very good uh, run by Malta Jakobsen to be second but Wayne Boyd needed pole he's done it before he's done it again not pole yet but he's clear by 0.112 of a second so United Autosport from DKR Engineering and RLRM Sport, but the times are getting faster and faster.
2: That might be just enough, but we we know so many times that these LMP3 sessions can surprise and very late on as well, so I'm sure those behind Wayne Boyd's time have got something up their sleeve to maybe level with Wayne and the 136.277, although Boyd quicker again now through the first sector. Bearing in mind that first sector takes you pretty much to the braking area for turn five, that tricky left hand hairpin on the, well, around the back of the paddock, effectively, the other side of uh, quite a large retaining wall, and the eight car across the top of the shelf now, nearing the end of the lap, which uh, runs between 13 and 14, get a very good view of that from ground level and the paddock, And the cars look very delicately poised indeed, tippy-toeing their way from 13 to 14, and they disappear from sight briefly, but uh, you can still hear the 5.6-litre Nissan engines thundering their way through 14 and 15, real team racing across the line, David Drew was fifth, and he's going to stay there, that wasn't an improvement for Drew
0: despite it looking very neat and tidy indeed. Well, the target target is going to move surely this lap because Wayne Boyd, he has the best time. 1 minute 36.277 seconds at the number two entry for United Autosports. He's faster than anybody in the first sector, faster than he'd been before in the second sector. How low does he go? Looking... Well, he backed off at the end of the lap his final sector wasn't that good but he's got two minutes on the clock time for this lap and one more yep. maybe there's a bit of traffic on that one he backed off by uh, 1.7 seconds and in fact suddenly it gets busy collision uh, between number five which is the Graf eric Trier driven car he's already had times taken away from him and the clock is going against him that's another lap wasted and that was alex fontana he
2: made contact with for
0: bhk motorsport fontana now running around with damage on the
2: front right corner it looked like uh, the dive plane at least had been detached on one side, maybe completely plucked out. Uh, and that's not going to be ideal for improving times towards the end of this session. Turn five, no stranger to one or two incidents like that. As maybe One goes for the racing line, the other one's overcooked the braking, and they meet in the middle. As now descending from turn 11 goes Vincent Capillaire, there or thereabouts early on dropped to 7th place though now and looking to try and get back towards the top 4 because uh, a start from the front 2 rows in LMP3 should keep you sort of out of trouble you'll be on the back of the LMP2s bear in mind Um, but uh, there's often a fair bit of overlapping between the LMP3s and the GTEs in the early stages of a 4 hour race and advisedly you need to be clear of that and away from potential trouble over the line with 45 seconds still to go, Uh, goes the Vincent Capillaire driven Ligier it's a Ligier and a Duquesne on the front row currently, Wayne Boyd still just over a tenth quicker the Lawrence Hoare for DKR Engineering.
0: Interesting, it's a quick, fast session, just the 10 minutes, but uh, what we're not having really is much in the way of improvements. It's almost like they've all just cooled it off for a lap, just gone back by about three or four tenths, and they're going to wind it up. The checkered flag will be out in just 20 seconds' time. And all eyes on the number four, Lawrence Hoare. Can he go to the top? He'll get this lap in, and importantly, one more, should he want to do so, crossing the start finish line with about 14 seconds to the good Wayne Boyd still top just remember the time 1 minute 36.277 seconds he's 0.112 of a second clear of Lawrence Hall I don't think these times are going to stay there because in fact Wayne Boyd he's upped it a little bit he's faster than anybody faster than his own previous best in the first of the three sectors
2: so much grip out there after this track was resurfaced prior to the grand prix last weekend so i had expected uh, the potential for a time to come you know at the start the middle or the end of the session and indeed all three quite possibly but you're right it seems to be how quick you were out of the blocks in this particular 10 minute edition and whereas it previously we've seen good times coming all the way through uh, it looks like wayne boyd Seals this early on and potentially goes even quicker on this final tour a 136.277 is his best to date, but he is improving on this lap He's done an absolute best in sector one a PB in sector two However going even quicker now Laurence Hall through the middle sector. So let's see Wayne Boyd across the line I think this will be an improvement on the 136.2 it's not. He's slower again through the final sector. So it's really now a question as to what Laurence Hur can do. Can he keep the pace in the final sector?
0: So interesting. Just remember the time. One minute, 36.277 seconds. And now 14. Turn 14 has been completed. Turn 15, it's do or die. It's the final corner. A vast majority of the other cars have taken the chequered flag. The last one over the line. Will he go top?
2: No again slower through that final sector they just cannot seem to find any speed in the final sector that takes you from the highest point on the track which is turn 10 to the finish line and in the end then six laps completed for wayne boyd he set his best on lap three that was much earlier than i was expecting
0: well that was a really really interesting it it really seemed that even though it was a 10-minute session you had a decent flying lap your banker lap then your best lap, and thereafter you're trading in tents, and it certainly wasn't continually building up there. But Wayne Boyd did enough to... Was that now his fourth pole from the five meetings? So the Ulstermen are absolutely nailing it, and his crew sharing with uh, Weldon and Gamble. They are leading the championship by 10 points. No, he's not. They're by 11 points now, the extra bonus point for that pole position. So there'll be uh, pats on the back for Wayne when he returns to the pit lane. And again, it just puts them into
2: such a great position to build a good foundation in the early half an hour, 45 minutes of tomorrow's race. It's an 11 o'clock start, remember, through three, And they'll be looking to get a lightning getaway. It'll probably be Rob Weldon in for the start to get his drive time out of the way as early as possible. Then young uh, Tom Campbell who uh, I was remembering in the week was Janetta Junior champion only a couple of years ago, still only 18. Lovely lad if you ever get to a chance to, to catch up with him from Nottinghamshire in the UK. Uh, he'll do the middle stint, I would reckon, and then Wayne Boyd in for the final portion of the race. and. United Autosports obviously looking to back up their title in the LMP2 ranks with LMP3 as well. Point one one two of a second. United Autosports get pole position, a fourth of the year for Wayne Boyd, ahead of Laurence Hoare and the DKR Engineering Duquesne. That's by far the best-placed Duquesne M30. Uh, there isn't another one. In the top eight, in fact, Malta Jakobsen finishes third fastest in the RLR M Sport car and the other United Auto Sports machine for Duncan Tappy finishes in fourth. Let's hear from Tom Gamble, now chatting with Hayley.
1: I'm joined here by Tom Gamble, driver of car number two for United Auto Sports. Well, a great start to this final round of the ELMS here in Portimao with Wayne clinching that crucial point. Now you're going to be starting pole. How are you going to be approaching this
3: uh, race yeah I mean same as we've done all year really obviously another amazing qualifying by Wayne he's been superb all year um, and yeah obviously position for tomorrow and like you say that extra point could be uh, could be crucial for tomorrow's race so yeah we just got to kind of finish the job off now um, full credit once again to United the car's been incredible all weekend and um, I think we knew you know we had the pace in the car to do the job um, but we knew it would be tight you know everyone's kind of getting closer and closer as the year's gone on um, and yeah awesome to uh, be signed tomorrow's race from pole
1: 11 point lead I mean what are you going to be doing how is this going to change your strategy going into tomorrow's race
3: um, I mean I think obviously our aim is just to win the race really we want to finish the year on a high and I think um, yeah the last few races obviously we haven't been on the top step but I think I know I for one I'm sure Wayne and Rob will be the same we want to kind of win the last race and uh, yeah I mean I think it'll be the same approach as all the others Um Obviously, Monza and Pouricard you know, had a bit of rain involved and stuff, which, and just things didn't quite go over the full course yellows, which you know, led to us not having the result we wanted or really deserved. And uh, yeah, I think here, uh, you know, fingers crossed it will be a clean race and we can, you know, obviously bring home a win and hopefully the championship. But no, looking forward to it.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Well, it's certainly the best place to be starting the race from, as I've described. And, yeah, he he talks about some difficult results in recent races, a non-finish for the second Ricard. As he said, it was raining and it was going into the darkness there as well. That was a tricky one. And they finished third uh, for the Monza race last time out. But uh, Wayne did get the point for pole position. So a reminder of uh, the second-place car, Laurence Hoare, Finishing as the by far the best Duquesne M30 in the instantly recognisable orange and black livery. But it is the number two car that tops the times for a fourth occasion in 2020. No doubt about the qualification specialists within that team. And now it's a question of whether United Autosports can work as a, as a team uh, outfit, which they've done brilliantly well in other areas of the sport. LMP2, um, ELMS champions, World Endurance champions and the 24 Hours of Le Mans champions as well. So there's no reason why that uh, number two car and I think the three as well uh, could look very, very strong in tomorrow's race.
0: Yeah, and with that extra point for pole position, it means that for, for Martin Hipper, who's second in the championship, he can no longer clinch it by finishing fifth. He has to be fourth or upwards. And then the two other crews, Nick Akari, if international, he's got to win. He knew that anyhow. But for, for David Drew, he came into this qualifying session with the chance that second place might still mathematically be the, give him the title. He's got to win as well. So absolutely clear what they have to get up to. But again on little elements but for, for Wayne Boyd he had one focus today it's a focus he, he has applied superbly across the year and he's nailed it now of course down in the pit lane we know the title is going to United Autosports clinched last time out but uh, pride in going for, for pole position the pressure's on them now and of course the car that's second in the championship uh, there's a lot of pride at stake for them if they could take a pole off their teammates and it'll be Van Ute who's going out to do that that's precisely what they would like to do
2: Race winners, first time out, a lot of people forget that But uh, yeah, the first visit to Le Castellet back in July The 32 car came out on top Despite 22 being in a fabulous position late on But they got a puncture, took them out of uh, the top two I think they eventually finished third once they'd repaired that Possibly fourth, but anyway, uh, it didn't matter um, When it was all, uh, when it all unwound in the championship It was third, so the memory wasn't uh, performing tricks on me uh, but they, they went on to, to three wins and three pole positions as well let's see whether uh, Philippe Albuquerque can make it it'll be a clean sweep won't it if Albuquerque gets a pole position today um, yeah they will have taken every single pole for the season which will be some record some statement to everybody else Anders fuelback back Dennis Anderson for high class racing a team based in Barcelona but they're very much Danish and the paint skin that they took on board for the start of this year that kind of white background with the two-tone blue looks very cool indeed an up and down season for that crew they're currently 10th in the championship best result of the year actually coming last time out at Monza with a third place but they uh, the struggle for points prior to that a non-finish at the opening round and a couple of position a couple of finishes outside of the top 10 sadly as well uh, rookie, the ELMS mascot, is in a great position for, as far as spectating is concerned. Joining the starter, it looks like, who waves the flag at the start and the end of the session. And the Aura 01 from G-Drive Racing, which has topped at least one free practice session this weekend, could be a strong unit as well. And they have gone back to Nick De Freese, haven't they, in that car. Uh, we have had... John Eric Verne for, on a couple of occasions joining Mikkel Jensen and Roman Rusinov. but it'll be the Dutchman in with Jensen and Russian driver Rusanov for car 26. Francesco Draconi and Sergio Campana for BHK Motorsport all ready to go. That's the number 35 car and 14 machines in the entry for LMP3, which make it just the most numerous of the three. But, yeah, it, it's uh, all about who's going to finish second here and very important for you to do so because that will give you an auto uh, invite to the 24 Hours of Le Mans next year. Looks like Nicola Lapierre is ready to go for cool racing. Jot van Aertert in the 32, as Bruce has already mentioned. It'll be Philippe Albuquerque, I'm sure, in car 22. And... Well, Loic Duval or John Lancaster, perhaps, in the 24 Orica. Uh, We didn't have Loic Duval last time out because he was busy uh, racing DTM, I seem to remember. Ah, but there is a potential for a delay to this session. And this again relates to problems. I think down at Turn 1, much of the Free Practice 2 session earlier on today, which was an 8 o'clock start, had to be red flagged, sadly, because of one or two of the drain covers coming loose and uh, it looks like they're now being super glued back into place Bruce.
0: Yeah the big question is how long does this glue take to to set but uh, again it's, it's not a procedure that's uh that's new to them. It's something they've had to work out last weekend. And again, this morning in one of the practice sessions, it all suddenly went quiet. We thought, had there been an accident? No, it was a drain cover. But they're right on it, sorting it out. Just adds a little bit to the tension. Maybe not for Philippe Albuquerque, a Portuguese driver at home, doing this season has just come up trumps for him after years of being in the mix. And uh, you sort of feel it's destiny that he ought to take pole for this. But you know what? Going into the closed season, a lot of his rivals want to take the pride, something to carry them through until next year so he's going to have to be at his very very best for United Autosports but it's been such a year uh, for Philip and for Phil Hansen so no wonder they've already got the title in the bag but as you pointed out Johnny at the opening round at Paul Ricard it didn't go their way it looked as though it was in the bag but up Trump's came Alex Brundle, Will Owen and Joe Van Oetert. and it's Job who's waiting to go out and play at the start of this session whenever that may be as the Loose drain cover is re-secured and hopefully secured permanently. Mm.
2: And that's not turn one, is it? That's further round the it lap. It looks like it it's be... about turn
0: seven towards yeah, I was turn thinking,
2: eight. yes, with the grandstand in the background, so it's, uh, it's on one of the incline sections of this Algarve International Circuit. I reckon probably turn eight. Um, and you are running out wide to drivers left there, between seven and eight, I suppose. So there's every opportunity for that drain cover to be caught by cars, and for it to then become dislodged. The last thing we want is uh, an LMP2 car to actually hit that because it could very easily vault a car up into the air and, uh, you know, for years now, we've been trying to keep these things on the ground to stop them from somersaulting and barrel rolling. That's the reason for the holes in the top of the wheel arches on all four corners and for that dorsal fin as well. Um, So something we've got to get right and therefore we will allow the track staff to uh, to solve that problem. It looked like sort of familiar ground for a lot of those those guys there. They're just laughing and joking about uh, Here we are again uh, trying to apply and make safe uh, this, this
0: drain. Well, it may well be that uh, each time it's a different drain cover because mm. they, they fix one and then they find another one further around the lap has been... Uh, The driver's running a little bit wide, and if it is, as we think, between turn 7 and turn 8, it's a natural inclination. You're still coming out of 7 to run a little bit wide. You want the widest possible entry. uh, It's not quite a double apex. It's just a a long, long right-hander going up a brow, over a brow, then you drop down into a compression, then up again at turn 9, all the way until you're flat again at the highest point of the circuit between turns 10 and 11. And uh, we know drivers, if they can possibly pinch an inch on the outside, they will be trying their very best to do so. Um, so that of course is a safety issue being fixed right now interesting to see into europol competition they're stepping up to the world endurance championship next year so a team that really has made massive strides not so long ago just running in p3 stepped up to p2 impressively and it's great to see teams taking on the biggest challenge johnny
2: yeah and and what i like is sort of plotting the, the history of these teams through uh, ACO rules racing as well. So you see them creep into LMP3 initially, whether that be at the Michelin Le Mans Cup level or straight into ELMS and then step into LMP2. And yeah, and then eventually uh, they either head to the World Endurance Championship or maybe do a campaign in the States for the weather tech, uh, the IMSA weather tech championship, maybe both together. Uh, but the potential then for teams to, to go on to the real top class and world class racing is there once you've got the grounding in the, the lesser known championships i mean lesser known to some of you but uh, hopefully once you've caught one or two races in the michelin Mans cup that makes you a convert and uh, realize just how good the racing can be uh, across the board during an elms weekend to pack timetable actually here at Portimao whether they be the ACO championships or some of the support categories as well uh, just a shame again that we can't have a crowd on site but um, most of the event being televised certainly for the Michelin Almond Cup and the ELMS and that for the time being will just have to be a second best with I'm sure a, a, then a rethink or a relook at uh, how things can be run into season so that's 2021 that's cool. Just looking at the qualifying details from last season's lmp 2 session, the poll time was set by Philippe Albuquerque, funnily enough. You say he is from Portugal. He's about 450 kilometres from home, mind you, though, because Quimbra, right in the north of the country. Uh, Again, somebody, though, that regularly brings family members and friends down here to support, and that's just not been the case for season 2020. But, yeah, Albuquerque, with a poll 12 months ago but only by 68 thousandths of a second from the number 21 Dragon Speed car. I think that was a Ben Hanley time, if not James Allen. But it uh, shows you how narrow things were the last time we visited the Algarve International Circuit, and then only a tenth of a bit away was the 23 car at the time being driven by René Bimbo, Will Stevens, and Julian Callal. So I think this could be very close, actually, across the 10 minutes. And we're looking for a pole time in the low 131s. If it can go even quicker than that, then these cars will really have made quite a bit of progress in their single lap speed over a period of time, that's slightly longer than 12 months, actually. Meeting in 2019. Uh, taking place in October, the 27th of October. Actually, so we're, we're pretty much the same weekend, which, again, is testament to all those involved making this calendar work. I know we've only had five rounds rather than the planned six, but... There was a time when the ELMS only ran to five rounds, actually, and only three hour races if you go back five or six years. Brilliant job, job done by all at turns seven and eight. The track staff uh, managing to check out of there. And I think it's quick setting glue or cement, whatever's been used. 10, so we're nine, grateful to everybody eight, involved, and seven, it means that this session can six, start only a few five, minutes late.
0: Four, three, two, one. LMP2
1: qualifying has started, please remind drivers to obey to track limits.
2: And Those track limits closely observed on the exit turn 1, 3, 4, 5, 8 and 15. There are many, many places here that you have to keep your wits about you. An example of the readjusted blend line on the exit of the pit lane, which uh, gives you much more of a hope of getting through turn one safely actually it means you, you can take the racing line well over to driver's left and then head through the very fast right hander you've just got to be aware I suppose that there may be a car alongside you, right behind you and those that are already on the race track are going to be very wary of those rejoining from the pits.
0: Absolutely so. Got to be looking at all the gauges, but mainly that left-hand driver's mirror to just see what is coming down. But also, the teams would be notifying their drivers cars are due to be coming out the pits when we get the flurry of pit stops. All the drivers have to be on their toes because it's an incredibly fast run down that start-finish straight and turn one, very, very tricky. 80-degree right-hander. And again, it could end up with the driver on the outside being pushed wide and being pushed wide could be. Uh, driving over the white lines on the outside and picking up a warning, and warnings eventually become penalties, and a drive through penalty It just takes your race away from you. So, everyone having to be ultra aware of the situation. Right, vast majority of the 14 cars, in fact, all bar one, just heading Enkvist, still in the pits in one of the two Algarve Pro Racing entries. Everybody else has come out to play with their Oricas, Arises, and Ligiers and the 22 could, I
2: suppose, finish the season on 120 points if they get a maximum score uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, That would be a huge um, tally for the season, bearing in mind they actually finished third in the opening round, so uh, they were starting the year a little bit on the back foot, although they did have pole position, and that was indicative of the pace that this car would show throughout the course of the year. Philly Barberkirk in the 22 car then just working his way through but he's not because it's Phil Hanson. now I did wonder whether Hanson might be given the opportunity for a first qualifying session of the year they don't have to worry too much about uh, points any longer the front left of that car skating along the ground I noticed there Uh, Under an an immense amount of pressure, obviously, from the downforce through that final corner. almost thought that perhaps the car was leaking some fluid, but I don't think it was. I think it was just the the under-trailer front splitter scraping the ground and leaving a a little bit of a mark on the asphalt behind it. That will all have been planned for. The 28 car has at the wheel Paul-Luc who had to sit out the Monza round because of being... Tested positive for COVID-19, he wasn't actually feeling any symptoms. He was fine in himself, but had to, as the rules dictate, self-quarantine back at home. So, uh, a certain Nicolas Minassian uh, came in as super sub. He's the team manager, of course, at Edex Sport, and still can get a shift on round Monza.
0: Certainly can. Just looking how uh, Pauluschatz struggling to get the front end of the car turning in, but the Edex Sport. We'll go to the top, first car of the start-finish line. Target time, 1 minute 30 seconds flat. Nick de had some very quick middle sector ties. He drops into second place, Nicola Lapierre into third. The times will rotate through, but just remember that pole position shortly is going to be under 1 minute 30 seconds. 8 thousandths of a second shy for Edex Sport, but now we have a car half a second quicker. Will Stevens, Panis Racing, one of the handful of crews on the outside of the championship battle, but could still get enough points to take the second place in the European Le Mans series that guarantees an entry at Le Mans in 2021 there's plenty to play for neat and tidy on the exit of turn one,
2: Jop van Atert in the 32 car he is also heading into turn three on the perfect line as well, you have to scrub off an awful lot of speed into the right hander there and it's a frustrating wait to then leap back on the power as you work your way through turn four Will Stevens setting the pace at 129.542. He's a 10th clear of Phil Hansen. Gabby O'Brien for Algarve Pro Racing, third fastest. And then it's Tom Lára for Grass, Anders Fjordback for High Class Racing, and Nick De for the G-Drive Racing Aurus.
0: And the first lap time that could possibly be deleted was the first flying lap. The first person to do that, Paul Lucha, Chat- Paul He's now down in tenth, twelfth place out of the fourteen runners. So he is the first to transgress. But it's Will Stevens fastest by 0.1 of a second from Phil Hanson. What is the second flying lap gain to? yield this time around, so Penny's Racing, car number 31, now just point, well, 0.043 of a second, faster than G-Drive racing Auras, Nick de Vries into second place just weaving uh, the car
2: out and almost drifting the car out of turn 5 was uh, Sergio Campana there for BHK Motorsport, but at the sharp end, 67 thousandths of a second between Will Stevens and Nick de Vries that's uh, an Orica versus Auris battle but now Yacht van Auter gets involved and leapfrogs the two of them, so Yacht van at up to the fastest time in car 32, a one twenty nine point two nine seven point two 0.2 of a second clear of Will Stevens. Nick de Vries is third fastest, and Nicolas Lapierre going across the line for Cool
0: Racing, bags fourth, at least for the time being. And Paul has had another time removed from him, his third lap, but he actually reported to the pits for a fresh set of tyres, but again, as we saw in the P3 qualifying, at about the four-minute mark, the pits suddenly become very busy indeed, and those drivers have to get out, get a warm-up lap in, and may have won, if they're very lucky, two flying laps to follow. But the Vanu to top, as Johnny pointed out for United Autosports, two-tenths of a second clear. They haven't reported to the pits. They're doing it all on one set of rubble. Eyes on the screens, Alex Brundle. please his cars at the top of the charts. They're second in the championship. They're desperate to get that second guaranteed place at Le Mans for next year. He can do nothing about it. It's his teammate, the forthright, very, very talented Dutchman, Jog van Oetert, who's doing the job at the moment. But two-tenths per second, will that be enough?
2: Tire change necessary for Phil and for Pauling chata Sophia Fleursch comes into the pit lane as well, presumably for a new set of Michelins for the Richard Mille racing team. They run an Orica, remember, with Tatiana Calderon back in the fold there, joined again by Baitskavissa. And then you've got Nick DeVries in the pits. Will Stevens, second fast and he's pit lane bound too. In fact, the top four now all heading in for New Rubber with just over three minutes to go. This is gonna to have to be
0: a very quick turnaround indeed. It really is. I think for Phil Hanson and Paul Shatter, who came in a lap earlier, they've got the luxury. I would say of getting heat in their tyres, maybe even just fitting in a banker lap and then going for it. But for the others, it's out. First flying lap really, really has to count. So the best time, one minute twenty-nine point two nine seven seconds. Nobody's got close to that for a while. It's two tenths of a second to the good. Yo van Utut ahead of Will Stevens, Nick de Vries there in the Aras G Drive Racing in. Front our car's still in the pit, still getting the fresh rubber on. Now they're all down on the deck, but they've got to rejoin, get the outlap, and then get past before the checker falls.
2: So, Will Stevens down the hill now, out of pit lane. He is going to have clear road in front of him. There are two cars just exiting turn four, but he shouldn't catch those. Um, actually, the 28 car, though, is just a little bit further ahead, and that car did not come into the pits. Well, it did earlier on, Paul Ushata it hasn't actually registered a time, nor has Phil Hansen so they need to get a wriggle on just to establish themselves somewhere in the grid, they're currently 13th and 14th and the way that the grid is formed up, they will be able to start at the back of lmp 2 even if they don't post a time, it doesn't mean from the very back of the field, the way the regulations are written, you got van out in the sister United Auto Sports
0: car already with a 129.2 that's good enough to the tune of nearly two and a half tenths yeah, so absolutely vital not to have a time taken away from you. It might have been seen as a banker lap before they put the fresh rubber on, but for Phil Hanson and Paul Chatin, they cannot afford to start 13th and 14th at the back of the pack. Cars still having lap times deleted. Car number 26, third-fastest driver, Nick de Vries, he's lost one of his laps. Car number 30, that's Tristan Gomedy for the Duquesne team, also had a time taken away. That's an- if it was their in-lap to come and get the fresh rubber but what it does matter if it was one of their flying laps one of the ones one of the only handful that's going to count in this session look we've got just over a minute car number 24 locking up we've got a change Uh, we're looking to see was there a change near the top yeah up into second place Paul Chatin went from nowhere to very much somewhere up to second place he's down by 81 thousands he's got time to do it all over again and go that margin quicker essential if he wants pole position Will Stevens has just completed his outlap, so this is where he's going
2: to earn his money now and turn on the style. Will Stevens already third quickest, but he's looking to bank himself a front row start. Phil Hanson to third quickest now in the number 22 car. So that's uh, United Autosports first and third, with Paul-Luc Chateau and the meat in the sandwich. Another car to pit lane is the Algarve Pro Racing Machine of Loic Duval. Only good enough for eighth place so far, and Tristan Godman is going to follow him into
0: the pit lane for Duquesne. He's only ninth and no chance of improvement now. Right, the one looking to be fastest on track, definitely fast on track. Nick De Vries down in fifth place. How the times really move up and down the board. The names are sliding left and right. It's still Johanuta top by point. of a second, but on a massive charge. The Dutchman, oh, not such a brilliant middle sector. Fastest in the first sector, we're dealing in tenths of a second. He's surely going to get up onto at least the second row with this lap. Or is he? So many laps we've seen, Johnny. They get to the final sector, they cannot put it together, and they lose out. They might be best in sector one, sector two, but it's how you really sweep down through 14 into 15 onto the start-finish straight that really seems to make a difference. Gabrielle Obrey looking for improvement, but didn't quite get there. 26 though to the top.
2: Nick DeVries might well have timed that perfectly by 2.222 of a second. Nick DeVries getting ahead of Jot van Ater, who is still due across the line imminently. Will Stevens now gets uh, an even better time in the uh, Orica from. Panis Racing and I'm waiting to see Jot van Aute. no, Nicola Lapierre will go third as Jot van Outert goes to the top, he has managed to snatch it late in the piece by 0.4 of a second, where on earth did Jot van Outert find that time from, that looks to be just about it then for the British squad with the Dutch pilot, Jot van outer Will Stevens, Nicola Lapierre and paul Luke Chata will be the order.
0: Yeah, just looking to check. when Will Stevens had provisional pole, it was by seven one thousandths and it was absolutely tenuous. But then 0.441 of a second. That's an enormous advantage by yoke Van Ute. So for the second car in the team, the one placed second in the Championships United All Sport, a bit of pride, and well done them because that means they'll start from pole position. Their teammate the sister car will start from two rows behind them, so Phil Hansen will be starting fifth. So it's, it's good what a team could be rebalanced. Oh, yeah. uh, the other side of the pit garage oh, giving the cheers oh, this time around. But what a year United Autosports is having in the European Le Mans Series. Yep,
2: and obviously they can transpose the great performance and the setup from one car to the other. And Jot van Aute left it incredibly late. Uh, that was his last possible opportunity. But actually, the top three in the order from qualifying all set their best times on their final circuit. Six laps completed for Jot van Aute, for Will Stevens, and Nicolas Lapierre. And it was a case of blink and you'll miss those cars coming across the line and briefly holding very good positions. Um, What happened to Nick de Vries? Dropped to to sixth place. So he must have had that very good time deleted. Yes, because his best time coming on lap three rather than lap six. So, you know, he was briefly in pole position. Well, that time will not count. And a 129.585 puts the Auris to sixth place and therefore alongside Phil Hansen. And if you remember back to Monza, when Roman Rusinov started on the front row, he fell back to the midfield by the first corner, was caught in a clash, and they basically ended up not finishing that race. So it's going to be tricky from the midfield for G-Drive. Let's hear from Alex Brundle, though. Jot van Aote's teammate now with Hayley. I'm
1: I'm joined here by Alex Brundle, driver of car number 32 for United Autosports. Never mind the circuit being like a roller coaster, that was an emotional roller coaster. I was stood right next to you and it was going, you know, just focusing on Job. Tell us just how, what was going through your mind. Well, I just obviously pushing the laps and trying to keep uh, in touch with it because so many laps were being deleted for track limits, uh, trying to keep on top of the sectors as well. But what a great lap from Job. And uh, yeah, delighted to be starting from the front tomorrow. Yeah, fantastic result, obviously. You've got the point. First pole of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's great for the great for the guys and puts us in a great position for tomorrow and, uh, and great for Job as well. You know, he's been driving so well all year and uh, it's, it's lovely. He's got his family here. It's lovely to see everybody uh, and, and the whole team so happy. Fantastic. Thank you much, Alex. Thanks, guys. Alex Brondel,
2: uh yeah, with um, a lot of faith in Jot van Aertert. He's still very early on in his career, the young Dutchman, and uh, talking about teams working their way through the ACO rules system, he's done exactly that as well, a former LMP 3 champion with RLRM Sport uh, be interesting to see where Yop goes in the order actually, I'm expecting Alex to be put into the car for the end of the race but we'll wait and see, United then with a the first pole of the year with the 32 car, 22 had got all of the others prior to that, uh, Will Stevens ran it very close but point four of a second he misses out, Cool Racing and Nicola Lapierre finish in third position and a reminder that the number two United Sports gets a, another pole position in LMP 3 courtesy of wayne boyd he'll start ahead of the dkr engineering duquesne and it's iron links with a second pole in a row after their great performance in italy last month so the 60 car will start ahead of the guest entered number 88 af corsa machine but one or two other championship protagonists in gte uh, we'll have to keep our eye on namely the 74 kessel racing crew who currently lead the gte standings Well, that was a fabulous bit of entertainment. 60 minutes or so of it. Let's hope that the drain problem doesn't creep back in again for our races today, the first of which is later on today for not these cars, but for the Michelin Le Mans Cup at 3 local time. And the European Le Mans Series finale will be 11 o'clock Portuguese time tomorrow through till 3 o'clock. So thank you for joining Bruce Jones and Johnny Palmer. We look forward to the race and the final event of the year tomorrow. Bye for now.